five inches of beauty. Hello and welcome to another installment of Hammer the Over, brought to you by Model 284. Uh, Today is Wednesday, August 30th. I am Fred West. With me is Evan Drone. Evan, how are you doing on this hump day? This is hump day. Um, You know, I got four slices of Domino's pizza in my stomach Mm -hmm. right now, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good, but I think, as we both know, that could change pretty rapidly. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, doing well as of this moment. You're living on the edge right now. Um, yeah, you know, I got like kind of some of those middle of the week blues. I'm, I'm you know? with you. One hundred percent. I probably thought about quitting my job forty to fifty times today. That's just a normal day, though. Yeah, it? it's pretty much at this point getting to that point where and I. We're walking into a long weekend here too, so it uh, mm-hmm. only inflates that number. Oh, next Tuesday is going to be terrible. Oh yeah, I mean, it's you. You look at it as a four day week, but it's, you know that's going to be a, a brutal Tuesday. It's going to be awful, and I, I mean, I had mentioned this briefly prior to when we started recording, but. I noticed for the very first time, like, a, a decent-sized patch of back hair on my upper back, and I just about cried this morning. You're actually getting into your middle-age crisis it's already. It's over. I think that that's, like, that warrants several days off. I shouldn't have had to come into work today. No, it should just be free days, too. It's over. Yeah. It's so over. I mean, welcome to the real world. What are you about a year out of school now? Not even. I'm not Hardly. even. Hardly I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like two months graduated. <laughs> Man, and things are really uh, I've, I've got back hair. I, I hate my job, and I, I there's nothing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's I, can't, I can't say I have the back hair, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get there eventually. And uh, I thought I honestly thought I had a couple. Like the, I still have hair on my head, which is nice. But I thought I had a couple more years until the back hair thing started to happen. Uh, but enough about me. Let's talk some sports. Um, NFL Vikings had their third preseason game last Sunday. Uh, for me, it got a little overshadowed by Game of Thrones. Oh. But um, I did tune in for the first half. Uh, and to be honest, I was underwhelmed. First team offense and defense didn't look super sharp. I mean, Brian Hoyer kind of diced up the defense for like 170 yards and two As touchdowns. He's done for years. And yeah, years. Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, you got a future Hall of Famer. Taking snaps from right. the 49ers. Third preseason game of the year. Looking like Joe Montana back there. <laughs> um, but, you know, I know that it's the preseason, and you can go 0-4 in the preseason and go 16-0 and in the regular season, and you can go 4-0 and in the preseason and go 0-16 in the regular season, and I shouldn't be panicking, and I shouldn't be worried. But here's the thing. I'm a Vikings fan. I've seen it all before, and I'm nervous. I think I think we should be. I'm pretty I mean, nervous. Our, what they go to down fourteen nothing right away with the starters, mm-hmm. and I think Zimmer pulled them at that point. I'm not Is that right. I didn't even see a, a second. Of yeah, the, the, the fir- both of the first teams looked like pretty shaky. The offensive line looked better in the second preseason game than the third preseason game, and that's great. Yeah, <laughs> the shakiest part, the most suspect part of uh, like the entire team. Um, Offensive line, biggest question mark coming of the year has been uh, looks. I still think it's going to be improved to last year. It's hard to be much worse. Yeah. Um, but still a little shaky. Um, that second cornerback position is a question mark right yeah. now. Uh, Trey Trey Wayne's doesn't maybe. look like he's yeah. McKenzie Alexander and Terrence Newman's like 175 years old. So. It's a little dicey going in, and honestly, I know like most of this is just the bad taste in my mouth from the end of last year, um, after such a hot start, and then the like the world coming and five and zero, and then end up yeah. eight and eight. I mean, the world collapsing on us. I'd rather have gone. I would have sixteen. Yeah, that was terrible. I was buying Super Bowl tickets after week five, and then the sky fell, and nothing was okay. Yeah, well, we got we got one more. We got. Week four preseason this mm-hmm. week. Um, you hear what Zimmer said. Apparently, he's actually thinking about putting the starters back in for week four. He had a he had a quote I read this morning. He said, uh, "When asked if he, if he's playing the starter, he said this is actually a pretty interesting quote. I've made up my mind, but I haven't told the team or anything like that. I love and it. then it goes, I haven't told the coaches either. After the other night, I feel like they should play. So we'll see." So, I mean, so basically... He, so, he made up his mind, but he's not sure? Not telling anybody. He says he doesn't know, but then basically says, I feel like they should play, so they're playing. 
I, I, that's what he said. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Zimmer's definitely a gut guy. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be uh, looking at too many models. He'll, I don't play, think, going he'll, in. he'll play hardball with them. He'll throw those words around. And yeah. I don't know. It's, I, it's, yeah, it's, it could it's just be all, all talk right now. I'm sure he's not particularly pleased with the effort. Um, but again, you know, I mean, it all it all is like a non-issue. Nobody cares. Nobody even thinks about it uh, for a second if come two weeks from now they're beating up on New Orleans. Yeah, it's a whole different It doesn't game. matter. So, so let's not worry about it. We're not going to worry about it. Yeah. Putting it in, a, in our review mirror. Uh, NBA talk. Uh, we Last podcast, we were touching on the Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas, Boston, Cleveland trade, and uh, still no uh, confirmation. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get it. Yeah, maybe they will just be caught. Maybe just cancel the whole season. Yeah, if, if they don't ever make a decision on it, does either player get to play for either team? I think they're just free. They're just, they're just in limbo? I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, Apparently, Cleveland wants them to sweeten the pot. I think they're just playing hardball. Mm-hmm. I think they take what they can get mm-hmm. and run, get rid of a guy who doesn't want to be on their team. Um, I don't know. Just got to drag out the drama a little longer. Yeah, the NBA... Got to have something to talk about. NBA offseason just will not quit. It's, it's been... It's, yeah. It's been a pretty pretty hot off season for the NBA, which takes the heat off of some of the, you know, boredom of that dead spot in the summer. The abyss. Um, but yeah, now that the NFL is kind of back, I don't, I don't like, let's just wrap up this trade and then you guys can disappear for a month until yeah, you actually I, start I, playing games. I got a feeling we'll be hitting on this in a week. Yeah. They're just still going to be testing out it's hip. He says, Isaiah says that his hip's fine and it's not, it's a non-issue, but obviously there's something in that, uh, physical that's holding them back. Um, MLB postseason hunts kind of heating up. Yeah. Speaking of heating up, Byron Buxton, aka Willie Mays, yeah. uh, AL Player of the Week this last week, had uh, three home runs on Sunday. First player since 2010 with three home runs and a steal in the same game. Last player to do it, A Rod. A Rod. Not the worst company to be in. So Byron's juicing. Byron probably is juicing. Gotta be. No, this is this is huge. I, I I'm so excited about this. I mean, I my Twins fandom was sinking mm-hmm. with Byron Buxton's failure. Yeah, I was so excited when we drafted him and thought that he would finally be the guy that we need. Right, and all the comparisons to Mike Trout, um, five to a guy, and he's finally showing it. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's shown the last couple of years that he's an elite defensive player, but uh, everyone's waiting on the bat. He's finally doing it. So and couldn't come at a better time we're mm-hmm. all of a sudden in the thick of the AL wildcard race and uh he's leading the way i love this yeah it's it's been a lot of fun these last like couple of weeks like ever since the the all-star break, all-star break really the twins have been fun to watch um yeah buxton's like splits since the all-star break are like 330 like 370 and like 590 or something which sure. is awesome that those are trout numbers um and he's still potentially the best defensive center fielder in the game yeah i don't think there's any question and uh yeah he's got something like almost four uh his like war is like at almost four now yeah so i think he's 12th in the al right now that's awesome screaming up yeah the the twins and you know yeah you're right your fandom goes as the as buxton goes when he it was sinking fast (laughs) when he struck out like 27 of his first 50 at bats or something like that just cringe yeah that was tough tough start um, glad to see him figuring it out. I you hope though that this isn't kind of like his mo where Don't he can't it. start the season. Don't say it because that's happened twice now. Yeah, those, those slow starters who finally get yeah, warmed up, yeah. figured out like come maybe, mid mid July. Maybe we get him August. facing some like MLB pitching in December. If we can get yes. this out of the way in the January February months. But yeah, Twins. Uh, as of this podcast, we're a game up on the Angels for yep. the wild card spot. Still like six and a half back of Cleveland, but yeah, we're honestly, not catching them, yeah, but let's just get that wild card. Get that wild card, which is still a ridiculous hunt with like six teams yeah, legitimately of, in contention for the wild card spots. Pretty muddy in the middle, but mm-hmm. um, we'll take our game, game and a half, whatever we got right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Good. I was looking at like ESPN power <clears> rankings. <throat> I'm fine. I'm fine with where they got. They're a little disrespect towards the Twinkies, but that's fine with me. Yeah, you can't put them up too high. That's no. fine. I mean, they've we got want that. they've got the Twins behind like Seattle, uh, 
the Angels, teams that they're ahead of right now in the race. That's yeah, you fine. Guys, you guys hey, at the end, of, at the end of the we'll year, the we'll, we'll still be we'll be twentieth in the power rankings. We'll be playing in the playoffs. Yeah, That's we'll get that. Them. We'll get that first wild card or second wild card spot mm-hmm. and get torched by the Yankees. Yep, like that sounds familiar. Next, Doesn't yeah. that? That sounds oh, mid two thousands right that's there. Make the playoffs, <laughs> lose immediately to the Yankees. Yep, every that sounds year. right. That sounds right. Other big uh, baseball news: Giancarlo Stanton hit his fifty-first home run last night. That's uh, first player since uh, Chris Davis, like yeah, know, three years club. ago, to to join the fifty club. Um, has and a chance yeah. at sixty, legitimate chance at sixty, which would be insane. I mean, I don't know the last time a guy hit sixty, and what was it? I think we were talking earlier. You I said think the last see the last guy. No, I think the last guy was uh, Bonds when he hit, broke the record. Seventy-three. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a long time ago. I don't yeah. know what year I don't, know, I don't need it off the top of my head, but like over a decade, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just don't see guys hit 60 home runs. No, it's been it's it's become a pitcher's game, um, and it's it sucks because you see Stan doing what he's doing. He's hit 18 homers this month, which is Ridiculous. absolutely absurd. Um, but then immediately you go right to, is this guy juicing? Right. And it, it's, it sucks that that's what it is, but yeah. also – is he? Yeah, maybe. I, the problem with you see, yeah, you see I was gonna guy? say the Have problem with Stan is, is that like if he looks like he's juicing, dude, is and there's huge. guys that are just you can be jacked and not be taking steroids. That's possible, but he like if he were, you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you'd be I mean, like, I, yeah, he's he's a big dude. Well, it's like Bonds was just fat. Bonds was well. The thing with Bonds though too is that he started out his career like. An entirely different body type than he ended. He was like almost like a Buxton. Yeah, he was was like a 30-30 guy. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's too bad that we're at the point where even though the game seems to have cleaned up a little bit, it's it's still like in the back of your mind. Someone hits 60 home runs and you're like, they're probably juicing. It's first thought. Yeah. It sucks. I hope he's not. Oh, me neither. Also, not enough, um, like gets brought up it doesn't get brought up enough that he's his, he used to be mike stanton yeah, yeah. Carlo. i i always think mike first i'm like wait a minute now he's he's switched that to, to be one honest, of the hardest names probably in baseball to pronounce to be honest with you too like I, there was a period of time when it first happened where i thought they were two different people so i was like <laughs> Maybe, what, what happened to that mike yeah, stanton guy and why is this Giancarlo stanton guy that looks just like yeah, him what, what mashing Maybe he was uh, just a, I don't know feeling some pride. Just a little insight into how my brain works. Yeah, well, when did he switch to Mike? I mean, I no, know. not when, but like why? Who is Mike? Who is Mike? Why Mike? <laughs> I have no idea who. <laughs> Maybe Miguel. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who Mike is, is but um, yeah. Anyway, I I hope he gets to sixty. I think it'd be cool. I to be honest with you, I've never cared about steroids. I used to care about like. No, I shouldn't say that. Well, I think I like watching is, home runs. So. Oh yeah, I mean it's the entertainment value. People love it, but the thing is too, there's so many guys that were juicing that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. It was so so, I guess, big in the sport um, that I mean you can't say everyone was doing it, but a lot of guys were doing it. So mm-hmm. it evens out. But yeah, yeah, it sucks when it comes out that guys are juicing. Yeah. I do not. I will say I'll take a very hard stance on this. I don't care if NFL players are juicing. I want like all of my NFL players juicing. These guys are freaks. Yeah, just let them be. Yeah, just let them do their <laughs> thing. I want them to hit harder, run faster. <laughs> just let them juice. Uh, speaking of football, college football week one. There were some games last weekend, but this is the true week one. Yeah. Um, got some. Well, the biggest game of the weekend, uh, obviously, Florida State Alabama. You got one and three in the country squaring off right away. Yeah. Um. I don't know. To be honest with you, I for me, college football is always one of those things where I don't follow it as closely as the NFL. Oh yeah, and I definitely am not going to have like my finger on the pulse of it until like a couple weeks in. Yeah, until we're getting to the playoffs. Yeah, like when when it starts to really like the first couple weeks, except for like you know, there's a couple big games in the first couple weeks, but generally speaking, it's usually non-conference kind of throwaway tune-up games. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I, it's not a big as big a draw for me. Maybe fantasy football plays a factor into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love the atmosphere of college football. It's mm-hmm. so fun to go to a game, but it just yeah, it doesn't have the same drive for me. But I am actually interested in the Gophers and seeing what PJ Flack can do. Right. I was watching a little bit of that. Um, PJ Flack, whatever that TV show. Mm-hmm. He's got his own show now. All of a sudden on ESPN. Yeah, um, where did that come from? Dude's got so much energy. 
He's one of those guys just he's, all the time. Like bouncing off the wall. He, it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to uh, see what they can do. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't know. Yeah, once Big Ten football starts coming around, I'll, I'll watch. I'll get in on that. I like I like when the conference plays um, cookie. But it, it, I don't know. I feel like the storylines, like, have to start going, like, get rolling before I get into college football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I need, like, Lamar Jackson going off for, like, the first three weeks. Um, for me to like start paying attention. Yeah, gotta heat up a little bit. Gotta heat up a little bit. Before I can dig in. Yeah, before I get right in there. Um, now we're gonna play a little game, play uh, Unwritten Rules. Yeah, let's get into um, it. We're gonna get Wally on for this one? Yeah, we're gonna bring uh, co CEO Sam Walzak on. He's actually a former power lifter <laughs> and uh, showman, so he's he knows all about <laughs> this subject true. we're getting into. So Yeah, he's got a got a nice insight into what we want to talk about. What we want to do today for unwritten rules is the unwritten rules of the gym. Um, I used to go to the gym. Yeah. So I have a, a pretty good idea. Right now though, I, I go to this gym. It's right in the heart of Uptown in Minneapolis. And it is constantly crowded, and there are people that just don't – they don't get it. They don't know how to behave in, in the gym scenario, miserable. and it's the worst. There's nothing worse than someone who, who doesn't get how to – How to gym. Yeah, how to gym. Do how you even gym? I mean, not enough. Not enough? <laughs> uh, well, you want to start us off? You got a, you yeah, got a I'd couple? Say, I'd say the number one rule, which, I mean, I don't even think it needs to be mentioned, but I'll mention it anyways, is you don't talk to anyone. No. And don't talk to me. Absolutely do not talk. Yeah. Unless I'm about to break my neck, I want no interaction oh, with anyone. Don't give me advice. Don't ask me how I'm doing. Don't ask me like what I'm lifting. I went when I was back in my hometown, it's a smaller hometown, it's like a gym with like not as many people. That was something you actually had to look out for. If there's like just like two or three guys in like the basement of the gym, you'd get people that wanted to talk to you. I would if I was like low on data and I didn't, I couldn't like listen to music or something on my phone. I'd just bring my headphones and play nothing just so nobody. Yeah, that, that. I yeah. was actually going to say done that. Yeah. that's one of the unwritten rules for me is if your headphones die and I guess I'm spoiled because I use, I use some Bluetooth headphones, but if those, if those die, those headphones are staying in. Oh yeah. yeah. The same. Yeah. Head down, respecting other people, but mm-hmm. I don't want to hear anything you're saying. Yeah, I was at, I was at Lifetime the other day and you know, they have just lines of like treadmills and stairmasters mm-hmm. and ellipticals and there was there's this stretch of four or five treadmills that all had people on it and I was in the row behind it and there was this old probably retired age guy who was literally just going one by one and talking <laughs> to everyone on in the row on that the treadmill. Absolutely blows my mind. And it's probably honestly worse for girls at the gym yeah, than, like, for, for sure. me. Like, generally speaking, I don't have this problem. Like, nobody's right. going to bug me. I imagine if you're, like, a, like a good-looking girl or maybe just, uh, just any kind of girl in general at the gym, you're probably going to get bothered at some point. Yeah. yeah. Which, that sucks, and I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe wear, like, hooded sweatshirts, sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't. Put some pillows in your shirt, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also probably a good sweat tech yeah. tactic, you know, get the, the toxins out. See, like, for me, most of my unwritten rules are just, like, don't do anything that draws attention to yourself. Yeah, basically stick to your own. Head down. Maybe maybe a head nod if you need to acknowledge anything. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen this, vision. but, like, someone using, like, a machine for something other than what it was yeah. intended for. <laughs> like, getting, like, some sort of hamstring curl out of, like, a bicep machine or something. I've seen that before, and it's, it's like, that's drawing attention to yourself. Yeah. One, I one time was literally uh, sitting on a bench about to do a rep, do a set, and someone came and took a plate off the bar <laughs> that I was using and walked away. It's <laughs> absolutely absurd. Yeah, some people just don't understand etiquette with, I think it's particularly with like bench, you know, racks or benches. And I, one of my rules is respect the towel. You got that little the white towel, towel you're yeah. lugging around, yeah. especially or a water bottle. Like yeah, I do the water bottle. Yeah. Throw that thing on the bench, and if you see that, that is somebody's territory. Yes. You yeah. do not touch that, and it drives me nuts when people go up to my bench after I've, you know, maybe gone and gotten a drink of water or whatever, just taking a lap. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, are you done on this? Uh, no, yeah. respect the towel. This goes back to don't talk to me. So exactly. don't ask me if I'm done. Just watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like, yeah. When Actually, I'm yeah, done, you, know you can see I no, will physically no, not be here. No hovering either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone comes up and asks you if they can use your bench and you say, no, I have three sets left. Yeah. And they, they stand there for 10 yeah, minutes. Wait. And, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to. I will let you know when I'm done. Yeah. 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 Have you guys seen like people do like just aggressive pacing between sets? 
I'm always just drawn like to sprinting back and forth, just like what? the head down. Like you can tell they're like really pounding music oh, or something, okay. and they're just like pacing back and forth. Okay. But usually, it's people that are like pretty into what they're doing. Yeah. Sure, um, probably the same guys that'll flex in the mirror. Yeah, I've got another unwritten rule. I've got is don't do your exercises right in front of the mm-hmm. rack of yeah. dumbbells. Yeah, you get people pick up their weights and then do their curls or their shoulder presses right in front of them and take up the. 10 feet of space. Mm-hmm. No well, you got to get as close to the mirror as possible, though. You can't that's really, a good point. can't really tell if you're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spit on the mirror. Sounds like a friend of ours, Tom. <laughs> so you got any more? I'm pretty much out on my unwritten rules. Yeah, All yeah. of mine boil down to just don't draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Related to that, my last year would be no PDA. Oh, I can't believe can, that that's a thing. can be applied anywhere, but, yeah, you'd be surprised. I've seen it. It's in the a, gym. Yeah. The gym. Get those endorphins flowing, though. <laughs> the gym can be a very social, social arena, um, especially lifetime after work, too. You see, you yeah. see some PDA, things you don't want to see. You see the, the big meatheads in their groups chatting. Yeah. It's just like, ah, I can't handle that. So. I'll get up at, like, 3 a.m., and like then go back to bed before work if it means that I don't have to see anyone at the gym. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah I do. It again. Anything <laughs> to avoid. Anything to meetings. avoid other people at the gym. It's the worst place to see people, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up the unwritten rules. Uh, we're gonna head on over to an interview with Eric Eager. He's a uh, contributor for Pro Football Focus and a professor at University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. So uh, we're gonna head on over to that interview with Eric. All right, now we'd like to welcome on Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Eric is a data scientist over there at PFF. He's also a professor at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. How's it going, Eric? Pretty well, guys. How are you? Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Happy to have fun. you on. Thanks for joining. Um, fun, fun time. Fun to talk math and, fo- and football. Yeah, well, you're going to be talking mostly football with us. Uh, we're not exactly the uh, the math heads of Model 284, but um, we'll let you talk some math. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk some football with you, but we'll leave the math to you and the model guys. Um, so just a little background on yourself. You're teaching math at uh, lacrosse, correct? Yep, I got, I got my Ph.D. in uh, applied mathematics in 2012, and I've been teaching at UW-Lacrosse since then. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, how'd you get hooked up with uh, Pro Football Focus? Uh, well, it was it was one of those things where I've always been interested in football. I played in college, uh, you know, continue to kind of follow the game um, afterwards. And, you know, PFF has been, you know, growing substantially, especially, you know, after Chris Collinsworth bought the company in 2014. And mm-hmm. so there were some opportunities to do some kind of entry level stuff with them, which is like getting paid to watch football, which is kind of cool. And yeah. then uh, they sort of found out that I had, uh, you know, more statistical chops than kind of most of the people. And so then they, they decided to, to kind of move me into that branch uh, of where we're working. So uh, that, that was, that's relatively recently, probably, you know, six, seven months ago. So um, that's kind of where I'm at currently. Awesome. Um, so you, you mentioned you played football growing up, uh, or I guess growing up, and then you played in college at Moorhead. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, I played wide receiver and tight end for MSU Moorhead. Okay. Blocking tight end, or were you uh, more of a Gronk? I mean, I, I, I had the uh, I had you know four six speed, and I was kind of small. You know, I was six three, two hundred thirty five pounds, but tiny. Uh, the offense that we ran <laughs> was. Uh, was more conducive to the speedier guys. So I actually did a fair amount of blocking, uh, lead blocking for the people in the running game, uh, reach block, all that kind of stuff, all the blocking stuff. And I caught a few touchdowns my senior year, which is fun, but mostly right. a complimentary player. Yeah, you did the, the important stuff that doesn't maybe doesn't show in the box score, but um, the, true, the true fans know the value. A PFF would slap a grade on it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, so give yourself a grade. I mean, I'd probably be a zero in the old. <laughs> probably an average, an average player. You know, seventy-five in the zero to one hundred scale, probably. Okay, okay, we not bad with that. What kind of three cone drill are we looking at? Oh man, I don't even. I don't even think we did. I know the short shuttle. I was under four seconds, which is I, which was wow. fast for tight end. I could long jump almost ten feet, which is actually you know, and vertical jump was somewhere around forty inches. So I actually had some athleticism, but. 
Um, to be quite honest, I was not. I, I'm not. I wasn't nearly the football player that I, I am. The mathematician, which is, uh, I just didn't have the mentality to play football as well as as I should have for having a you know frame like that. So you could have been like one of those enterprise commercial guys that you know you're going pro in something other than sports. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I. I was I was in that bigger set of people. Right, right. Um, unrelated to football, and this is actually just a question that I have for almost every professor. But do you look at ratemyprof.com? Uh, I mean, there was yes. I mean, we all like the, the the hidden secret, especially when I was a grad student teaching at University of Nebraska. We always we always kind of looked at not only our our own but our friends. And there was there's some pretty like humorous things that people said uh, about my friends on rate my professor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the first chili pepper I got was 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 a was a badge of honor. Yeah, you got a um, you got a chili pepper up yeah, there. Yeah, right you're now. wearing it right now. And but I, I I honestly don't think I've looked at it in, in quite a few years, just because at, at some point in time you either like know you're a good teacher and don't care what anybody thinks, or mm-hmm. you know you're a bad teacher and don't care what anybody thinks. So oh, yeah, either way, you don't really care. If you had to guess, what would you guess your rating would be? We've got it pulled up. Oh, man. Maybe you um, know. You guys are researching me. I don't yeah. even know what the scale is. What's the scale? I would guess one to five. I'm, I'm praying it's five for you. <laughs> <laughs> if it's ten, we got trouble. If it's ten? Okay, let's say like four. Let's go four. That's pretty close. You're, yeah. you're a three seven. Okay. Overall quality, uh, level of difficulty, you're a 2.0. But then you got your red hot chili pepper, your, your hot meter, so... You got the ladies flustered, it seems. It's honestly, you're you're a little bit of an enigma on here. Some people seem to really like you, and some people do not. Yeah, I mean, I'm like pro football focus in a nutshell, right? Exactly. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Okay, well, uh, speaking of pro football focus, do you have anything you're working on right now that uh, you got maybe cooking up that uh, you'd like to plug? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been working on all kinds of stuff this offseason. As I said, like, we've been... Uh, I think for the majority of our time, and we still do most of our man hours on this, but we're mostly kind of a data company. We, we generate data for various entities, uh, but we're putting a lot of it to work now. So um, we're we're kind of we're kind of writing some research papers uh, for both internally and then for our team clients. We have there's a couple uh, rating algorithms that I've developed. Um, some really cool stuff looking at quarterback play and how to how to tease apart. You know, so if you look at our zero to one hundred grades, and you have two quarterbacks that are relatively similar, so like you know Sam Bradford and Jameis Winston um, are totally different players, but they might end up with the same. They might end up at the same PFF grade. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, trying to figure out how to how to take a guy who's higher variance like Jameis Winston and project him forward is a different you know task than taking a guy like Sam Bradford, who's far who's set of Possibilities. I like to call it the, the, the cards in his deck are just different cards than Jameis Winston's cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to trying to figure out how to how to use that to project forward, trying to figure out how to understand the position better has really wrecked me over the last you know few months through really a fun project. Um, so that yeah, just all kinds of stuff, just trying to make sense of our data. You know, we have so much. You know, uh, football is an interesting beast in that you have a lot of variables. And, and in a weird way, you don't have that much data. Each game is only about you know less than 200 plays, and there's less than 300 games in an NFL season. So right. it's actually it's actually you know it's a big data problem in some ways and a small data problem in other ways. And so really trying to figure that out has, has been has been a really fun uh, uh, chance and opportunity for us. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Cool. Um, you said uh, that a lot of your work is with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, do you have any, Uh, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, you know, when I, when I write articles, it's mostly about teams that I'm, I'm, I, I'm interested in. And and I grew up, like, I think like you guys, I grew up a Vikings fan, uh, in the Twin Cities, but when I lived in Nebraska for a while and the, (laughs) and the, the Vikings absolutely stepped on my heart during the 2009 NFC championship game. And then subsequently had the, the, the 2010 year when they lost, they, they tanked and Brett, Brett you know, the, the yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers led Packers won the Super Bowl. And then yeah. the next year, Leslie Frazier, the, the three, three and 13 year, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And then they almost, they almost, they almost moved to LA. So then, 
I, I'm still a Vikes fan, but I actually like the Chiefs a lot more uh, okay. living down down in Nebraska. And so, um, and you know, a few guys in the company really like the Vikings, so I decided to kind of get into a different market and and, and write a lot about the Chiefs and, and just kind of study them quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, and they're a huge, a substantially compelling team, to be quite honest. Yeah, they've got a lot going on right now. Uh, they released Jeremy Macklin. They've drafted a quarterback. Uh, Spencer Ware goes down for the season. Uh, what's the you know what's the landscape like in Kansas City right now? If you had to you know put your finger on the pulse a bit. Yeah, and they've made two trades this week, right? So they, right, they yeah. traded for two former. I think Ragland was a first round pick. So they traded for two former first round picks this week. Um, one that kind of shores up an issue they've always kind of had, which is the second inside linebacker position behind uh, behind Derek Johnson. Um, the other is a kind of a swing offensive lineman, and, and for them, they had they've they've done a great job of drafting. Four of their five starters along the offensive line were drafted in the last four drafts, um, and but they have an issue with depth. And, and obviously, as Vikings fans, you know that when your offensive line uh, gets injured. Uh, that can take a season. So, um, you know, they, they got Cameron Irving from the Browns who seemed to want everybody's draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's happened both this week. I mean, it's a really interesting group because I think if you look at a lot of the metrics that we've come up with, the Chiefs were kind of like an 8-9 win team last year. Right. And, and because of a lot of random things like, you know, Tyreek Hill running back punts and kicks right. or, um, you know, the uh, – uh, you know, there's some random games you can think about. Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing six interceptions, all those kinds of things. They they were very much a you know they were 12 win team and kind of lucked their way into the into the two seed in the AFC. Um, I think projecting forward, you really have to think about them as again from a baseline of eight nine wins and then and then of course like having Andy Reid, um, you know, having a rookie quarterback kind of maybe pushing Alex Smith to his best season uh, a defense that's improved especially against the run I mean I think I think they're a compelling team the AFC West is extremely is extremely strong from top to bottom so it's going to be a really interesting year for them I think you know 10 wins is certainly something I think is the median projection I would give them but um, I could see them going 7-9 I could also see them going you know 12-4 13-3 okay yeah it's interesting you say that we uh Model 284 actually has their win total at 9.9, right about 10 where you were saying. So uh seems like you guys could be on to something there. Right. Yeah, plus, I mean, I, Alex Smith has a precedent for getting his job taken away by a younger quarterback and having his team get led to the Super Bowl. So you got something there, too. Yeah, and Mahomes has really been, you know, um, maybe not the flashiest quarterback in the preseason among the rookies, but he certainly has, has not – he certainly hasn't embarrassed himself and you know for a team so so i'm i'm a little older than you guys i think but the chiefs had drafted a, a quarterback in the first round in my life uh, up until this year um so having having that kind of excitement in kansas city is something that uh hasn't been there in a while at the quarterback position you know it, it's hard when you're trying to go into a season with like brady quinn and matt castle for example yeah, so right um so it, it's it's a different era in Kansas City, and it's it's really fun to be following them uh, at a time like this. Yeah, definitely. They've got a great fan base down there at the Arrowhead. Um, so I think right now what we're going to do is just kind of uh, work our way through uh, each division and just maybe pick everyone, pick a winner, and if you got any big storylines or anything that uh, you're feeling real confident in for for any of those Vegas guys, then uh, feel free to shout it out. But we'll start off in the AFC East. I think uh, we're all probably going to go ahead with the uh, defending champs. Is that fair? Yeah, that's where I would go. Yeah, I, mean, I, uh, I, I actually, if, if this is this is somewhat of a betting podcast. I may or may not have put some money on the under for Buffalo. Oh, uh, for, for Buffalo, what's Buffalo at right now? Six, well, it was six and a half, and then and then they and traded then, their uh, team. Doctor Eager put his big bucks on the under, and it's now six. Ooh, um, there you go. So, love that. I was actually looking, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, like to pick your brain. I was thinking of maybe throwing the under on New England 12 and a half. It just seems ridiculous. Uh, yeah, our model, you know, so we have this, um, so if you guys look at 538 at all, they have the ELO model. Mm-hmm. We have a PFF ELO, which kind of does what the, the 538 version does, but just with our grades. And we have them right around 12. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and that's but that's kind of the highest any of these algorithms ever pick though too right, right. so if you yep. so if you if you if you're thinking about like okay is this team strong enough to win you know that many games um, my my thought process with New England at twelve and a half is similar to my thought process with um, the Bills at six and a half which is you know you have um, I believe they play the NFC South this year and so you're playing teams that are going to stress you out a little bit in Atlanta mm-hmm. right. Tampa. And, then, uh, and then New Orleans and Tampa um, and Carolina, who's also Carolina was a team that performed a lot better than their win-loss record a season ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those, you got to look at those kind of things. And then, um, so in that sense, I don't see, for example, Buffalo winning any of those games. Um, and, and New England, you wonder, okay, where are those four losses going to come from? You know, I can see, for example, one of those four losses coming from there. Where I where I would tell you about New England at twelve and a half over would be the fact that Miami in our system was a lot worse than the ten and six they were. Right. They have Jay Cutler. You know, there's high variance that could happen there, but there's also low variance there that can happen. You have the Jets, who, you know, if if you gave me the Jets at five and a half wins, it would be I would hit the under on that too. But it's at four and a half, which is tricky. I mean, you could lock into five wins, right? Um, and then Buffalo. So, I mean, you're talking about six wins. It's just a starting point for New England every right. single year. So um, I, I don't see that as one that I'm strong on either side of. Can you luck into five wins with Bryce Petty as your quarterback, though? Is that possible? I mean, they were, Christian they were awful last season. They were, yeah. The, 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 Jets were, the Jets were pretty bad last year, and they still won five games, if I'm not mistaken. That's so, true. So it's possible. It is possible. That's right. AFC North, maybe a little bit tighter competition up there. You got Pitt, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Um, what are you thinking there, Evan? Uh, I'm going Pitt again. I like their offense. I like Le'Veon hopefully having a full season. Yeah. Um, I mean, guy frequents getting injured or finding himself on a suspension list, but um, I think they're the team to beat in that division. Um, solid defense and uh, high-powered offense. Yeah. How about you? I would agree. I got Pitt too. Get to watch Martavis Bryant play some football again. Oh yeah, he's um, uh, just looking over at what Model Two Eighty Four has got for him. They got him pegged in at nine nine wins. Um, I don't know. I don't. I think Cincinnati could uh, could improve on last year. I think Baltimore is going to be not great, not high in Baltimore. Depends actually, on Flacco too. That's, that's that's at least a part of it. But yeah, I don't know, Eric. What are you thinking? I think it's Pittsburgh, and I don't think it's particularly close, only because I think Cleveland's still a year or so away from competing at a high level, even though I really like their approach. Uh, I mean, most analytics people do. I think Baltimore, for one, Flacco's not healthy, and the guy going in for Flacco is Ryan Mallett, who, you know, is... We've all seen Ryan Mallett play a few times. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh also has Le'Veon, not only Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are all healthy currently. They have an offensive line that was one of the best in the league in terms of not surrendering pressure, so that's that's a huge deal. Um, they just picked up Joe Hayden, although Joe Hayden kind of was really weak uh, the last few years with Cleveland. But I mean, their issue is that their issue is on the back end. But Martavis Bryant coming back um, is a is a huge get for them. Uh, so I think. Um, I think the sky's the limit for their offense, and offense is what wins games in the NFL. So, uh, you know, as opposed to like Cincinnati, who their offensive line, they're starting Andre Smith at guard, for example. Uh, they lost Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. Uh, I don't know who their second receiver, you know, John Ross is, is a rookie um, speed guy, so I don't know how much of an impact he's going to make. I just don't see the rest of that division being strong enough to challenge Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably the general consensus at this point. Uh, AFC South. Um, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans breaking the schneid, getting themselves into the playoffs. Um, I like uh, Marcus. Um, I like DeMarco Murray. Um, and honestly, I don't see a whole lot out of the rest of the division. Yeah, I, I, I like Tennessee. I like Houston, too, if they can figure out what's going to happen at quarterback. Is Tom Savage the guy? I don't know. Um, I mean, their defense is still going to be pretty good. I think they can scrap out enough wins in that division to, to be right there with Tennessee. But um, I think the bottom with Andrew Luck's shoulder in question with uh, Indy and Jacksonville is going to be pretty ugly. Definitely. Yeah, the, the – um 
the win total for the Colts prior to Andrew Luck's injury was nine. I think that's even high. Um, I think that's even high for him, um, you know, with him in the lineup. And then with him out of the lineup, it's downright, you know, rough in terms of, in terms of, you know, the kind of the talent they had. They did pick up like John Simon and uh, Barcavius Mingo and some players out to try to get their defense to be better, but their defense was an absolute talent mess a season ago. Um, and they still finished eight and eight, you know, because Andrew Luck played really, really well. Um, so I see them not challenging for much. Um, you know, uh, Tennessee is a good example uh, of of a team that I think uh, could be, um, you know, could be you know challenged for that. Now, one of the issues that we see in the preseason is a lot of their players, the Eric Deckers, uh, the Corey Davises, are injured and they haven't looked particularly great. Uh, in the preseason, hopefully that kind of shakes itself out. Um, one one interesting number I've noticed uh, with with Marcus Mariota is that his completion percentage under play action last year was only fifty seven percent. It was actually better with no play action. So if you see some kind of regression to the mean there for Mariota, they might be even more effective under play action with that kind of exotic smash mouth. Because um, generally speaking, you know, play action is a boon for quarterbacks and not a not a negative thing so you'd imagine that statistical anomaly to to fix itself um the only challenger is houston but houston you know offensively is really is you know really rough i mean uh somehow they found a way to make deandre hopkins the non-factor last year uh and you know getting jj watt back's a huge deal so they but defenses only gives you so many uh, wins above you know replacements so i would say for now tennessee but i'm not i'm this is the third highest of confidence I have in terms of any of these games or any of these uh, divisions. Yeah, speaking of kind of a crapshoot division, AFC West to me is is completely up in the air. Uh, Kansas City and Oakland were in the playoffs last year, and then you've got uh, Denver and the newly Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm picking Los Angeles. I thought, and I watched a weird amount of Los Angeles games last year, but they were like constantly in these weird, like blow leads late in the game kind of situations where they could have won them. Um, they still have Phillip Rivers, who I personally like as a quarterback. Uh, Melvin Gordon's in his third year. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to uh, LA, and plus Derek Carr is is like writing songs now, and I don't want my quarterback writing songs. So <laughs> Oakland's out, not making the playoffs. <laughs> well, I, I don't care so much about the songs. I like Oakland. I was pretty pumped to see Derek Carr in the playoffs last year. Raiders were an awesome team. Of course, he goes down. Um, I think he bounces back, gets him back in the playoffs, gets to show what he's all about. And uh, interested to see what Marshawn can do back there, too. Um, I don't know. I mean, a year off. Guy's just a, kind of a weird guy, too. But uh, we'll see what he can do. Um, I like Oakland. Yeah, this is the hardest one because you have Los Angeles, who is a team that's playing in a stadium that's not their own. And the only team in the history of the NFL that's made the playoffs uh, in a temporary stadium is the 2015 Vikings. So, oh, hey. Um, that's a that's you know so that's difficult to sort of project and um, as one of my friends at PFF Rick Drummond once told me he's a Raiders fan he says there's always something with the Chargers right yeah so yeah. Um, you know I like I like Philip Rivers too he reminds me of a good Jake DeLome and I always love Jake DeLome <laughs> Jake um, DeLome uh, so I you know I'm I'm somewhat of a fan there their offensive line is going to be rough because you know they've already had one injury and injuries happen over and over. Um, generally speaking, so they're not too terribly deep there. Oakland, one of the things with Oakland um, is that their defense was awful last season in terms of like a yards per play. Um, they got Gary, they got Conley uh, in the draft, but still um, their secondary, their their linebackers in coverage are, are really shaky. And so, um, you know, I think there's going to be some regression for Oakland. There's also the fact that like Derek Carr, as good as he was last year, had a below average yards per attempt throwing the football. Um, I think you perturb any of the, uh, any of his, um, you know, uh, supporting cast and you get a little bit of a regression for him. Um, and so uh, that leaves Kansas city in the mix as well, but Kansas city has their problems too. Um, so I guess if I'd have to pick a team, I think it'd, I'd pick Oakland. Um, but I don't think, I don't think you could go wrong with either of those three. I, th- I don't think Denver has anywhere near uh, the quarterback play to compete in that division. And their defense, um, I'm assuming, is going to take a step back with Wade Phillips gone. 
Okay. Right. Not the not betting on the Chiefs. I see. Okay. Um, yeah. Next up, we've got the uh, division that somehow manages to play seemingly every Sunday night football. NFC East. Uh, I got the New York Giants. Added Brandon Marshall. You got Philly and uh, Dallas with their second year quarterbacks, and then Washington Redskins and Captain Kirk. Um, Evan, who are you looking at here? This is a, this is a tough one, and I think a lot has to do with uh, Zeke whether he's suspended or not. I think he's gonna. It sounds like he'll probably appeal, or he has appealed, obviously, but he'll probably end up playing those six games. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Very well could be, um, but I think Dallas is probably the team to beat here. Um, I still don't think any of these teams are really near them if they're healthy with that offensive line and that offense yeah i mean sticking with what uh we like to do here on hammer the over and keep things gut based and eye test based and i could be way off on this and i probably am but for some reason i just like feel like that prescott has really tiny hands and i can't i don't know i don't trust him with the ball um so i actually think he's gonna regress a little bit and i think um you got carson wentz and philadelphia who were seven and nine last year and lost a bunch of close games were one and seven on the road i don't think you can like repeat that i think uh philly takes another step forward and wins the division wow eric yeah, I mean, I think the Philadelphia tank is a good one in the sense that, you know, they, they have Brandon Graham and, and uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, sort of up front defensively. Um, they've gotten a little bit better at the cornerback position after trading Jordan Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Alshon Jeffrey offensively, a uh, good tight end at Zach Ertz. Uh, the running game with Garrett Blunt's kind of a question mark, but um, I think the Eagles could certainly be there. Um, I like, you know, I like some aspects of Washington, but they lost their best. Uh, they lost their best interior defensive lineman. Uh, they lost uh, Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to struggle, I think, in the run game. Um, and 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 the Giants, to me, I think, are going to be a regression candidate. Defense, you can't you can't live off a of really good defense for that long, as we saw with the Denver Broncos, for example. Um, you can prop yourself up to eleven and five. Uh, like like the Giants did, but if you don't uh, cash in, um, you know the, their lack of strength at quarterback is really, I think, going to you know uh, expose itself this season. So I'm not with the Giants. It's funny. I, I think I'm going to pick Dallas here, even though I think it's going to be a nine and seven type winning the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on I was on eight ten a.m. in Kansas City about a week ago, and he he asked me nine you know nine and a half wins the over under for the Dallas, and I said under. Um, I, I think that's just because that division is kind of relatively equally matched, um, and Dallas takes a little bit of a step back. But I don't think it's necessarily because of the running game, because the running game isn't really much of a fulcrum in the NFL. I think it's because Dak Prescott is is probably going to regress just a little bit from uh, his his hugely successful rookie year, uh, and that defense isn't very good, both with suspensions up front uh, and also in the second, like a weak secondary. So I would say Dallas, but again. I'm thinking of like a nine and seven winning that division as opposed to the twelve and four, thirteen and three that won it last year. Yeah. So we're on the same page with the small hands thing. Um, I mean, you guys must not have liked Dante Culpepper then. <laughs> well, I love Dante. Keep it rolling. Um, <laughs> the other thing about the NFC East though is that I'm pretty sure they only play themselves. Like they, I've never seen an NFC East team play anyone but someone in the NFC East. Well, it's like like you said, it's always Sunday night football too. So and those yeah. are the, the premier games here. Speaking of Wake Forest yeah. Sunday, so speaking of pro football focus and Chris Collinsworth, yeah. um, keep it back home here at the NFC North. Uh, I got the Vikes, Packers, Detroit, and Chicago. Um, not, I don't even think we need to mention Chicago. Uh, I also think the Lions are gonna. I, I don't think they're gonna be great this year. They're gonna they. I, I forgot that they made the playoffs last year. Yeah. That well, surprised me when I was reading that. I completely forgot. Matt Stafford, highest paid player yeah, in the league. Got sitting on a, a nice contract now. Might maybe put it into cruise control a little bit. But yeah. I think they can hang in shootouts. Uh, they can put up a lot of points. So if they can continue doing that, they'll string some wins together. But I think it's it's hard to go against the Packers in this division. Yeah, it sucks. As much as I don't want to say it, but I'm, I'm hoping the Vikes can – show something on offense and protect Bradford and I hope Dalvin Cook can 
actually become something here. So I swear to God, if the Packers win the Super Bowl in in, Minnesota, in Minneapolis, I'll move. Yeah, 100%. I will move. Like that's I'll I'll move. I think uh, yeah, I think a, a good chunk of the population will. Um, yeah, I think Green Bay wins this division. I have my. I don't know. I've got still that bad taste in my mouth towards the end of last year, Vikings. Um, I think that they're probably going to be something like 8-8 eight and eight again. Uh, I think Green Bay is looking at like 11-5. and five. And did you see uh, Aaron Rodgers' mustache today? Unbelievable. I hate him so much, but God, if that's not a great mustache, <laughs> I would kill to have a quarterback with a mustache like that. Um, I think that gives him like an entire win. I don't know. What are you thinking, Eric? What's the data on the mustaches for quarterbacks? Well, one of the interesting things is you guys are dead right about the Lions. Uh, I wrote uh, a little bit of this in our in our rankings algorithm, but um, if you went just by how the Lions played last year, right, so they had the eight come-for-behind wins or whatever in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and their defense was just DS the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, they should have been 11 and five, 5 and 11, and instead they're 9 and 7, and they, they, they just, like, you know, fold like a lawn chair against Seattle who was also like depleted in the playoffs yeah um so yeah Detroit Chicago kind of thrown away I'm with you guys I think the Vikings I've, I've said this I think on a few shows but I I mean I'm the Vikings need to move me off the eight and eight by yeah. by you know Bradford needs to like I don't know Brad like people say that I throw shade at Bradford but I would at least I throw it beyond the first down marker. Yeah. Sets. Hey, what? 70 what percent completion? Yeah, you had an NFL record. How many NFL records did you How break many? last year? <laughs> right. So, I mean, and so, I, yeah, I'll say it. The Packers are going to win that division. Let's stop talking about it. I agree. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Move on. Uh, NFC South. This is also a really interesting division. Tampa Bay, Hard Knocks. Um, you got New Orleans with AP, Carolina with Cam Newton's surgically repaired shoulder, and the. Uh, uh, Super Bowl contending Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I this think is a at, tough division. Atlanta is is the best team top to bottom. I think they're a, a really sound team. I don't think they're like Matt Ryan's as good as he played last year. Obviously, I think that he played pretty much a perfect season but i still think that they're kind of the toast of the of the uh division and then tampa bay with their strong running game and defense and Jameis and the add to sean jackson i think that uh i like them to make a, like a wild card um make the playoffs and then carolina who i mean i don't know i it coming off yeah. such a great year the year before and then and then kind of i mean cam gets hurt and yada, yada. that ball in the super bowl yeah made that business decision and then New Orleans, uh, like the last team in the league that you think needs Adrian Peterson, decides to add him. And now I, I honestly, I mean, they've got a Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees. Um, Michael Thomas is a solid wide receiver. You have no more cooks, but Thomas. No more cooks, but Thomas. Um, I don't know. I got Atlanta coming out of that as the champs, and then uh, Tampa making it in the wild card. Yeah, I, I like both them as playoff teams. I'm going to pick Tampa in the division just because I got a little hard. You knocks. got that hard knocks. A little hard knocks all fever. in on the Yeah, Tampa yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with that. But I, I think Atlanta's in the playoffs too. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a tough division. Seems like every team could compete. Um, like you said, if Carolina can get back to where they were new orleans always has the offense um yeah and there's yeah there's something to be said for those all black saints pants that might get them a win or two every year i think those things are horrifying i know i mean intimidating but the, the saints are one of those teams that wears road whites at home in a mm-hmm. dome so they exactly. like, can't even make the like the excuse that it's hot out i can't <laughs> stand that so like i so like I would. Yeah, this is to me the the most difficult one to pick because Carolina last season was six and ten, but they had like something like six consecutive games during the season that were decided by exactly three points, and I think they lost four of them. Dude. Um, and then they lost. You know, so they are they could have easily been a nine ten win team. Um, and I think what was really nice about them in the off season was, I mean, aside from signing Matt Khalil, but like they 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 approached it like a team that kind of knew that they weren't in rebuilding mode, like they actually had a good team, and so they got you know McCaffrey, Samuel, uh, that those kind of guys um, out of out of there. Um, I think I think the Kyle Shanahan thing is 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 not trivial for the for the Falcons. I also think that. You know their, their difficulty getting pressure up front at times um, defensively is also not trivial. A lot of Vic Beasley's sacks last year were unblocked, and you're going to see some regression there. 
Uh, Marcus Truffaut coming off an ACL. Um, you know, the Super Bowl hangover, I think, is, is not a trivial thing. So um, if I'm going to go with a team to win that division, I'm going to go Carolina, actually. Wow. I like it. All right. Little, I, go, ah. and I, I like Tampa Bay a lot. I, and I respect the way Jameis Winston plays the game. I love high-variance quarterbacks, but that's also why I'm probably going to pick Cam. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I like that Tampa Bay's like really trying everything steroids from Martin, and I mean I, they're really pushing for it. So I like that. Uh, NFC West: San Francisco, Seattle, Arizona, Los Angeles. This seems like pretty much a two-horse race. Uh, you got Seattle and Arizona with uh, LA and San Fran doing something. Although San Fran, Brian Hoyer tore, tore up the uh, the Vikes on Sunday, so who knows? Maybe he puts together a, an MVP season. But I, I got Seattle. Um, yeah. I think I, I'm so sick of Seattle too. I'm so over Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and Richard Sherman. I don't I don't need to see them anymore. But yeah, unfortunately, they're not going anywhere though, and I think it's going to be this for a bit. But yeah, I think Seattle's in this division. Um, I don't know. See what Arizona. Is, Car- is Car- Carson Palmer done? I mean, is he well past his prime? He had a pretty good season two years ago. Last year digressed quite a bit. I think a, a lot of banks on him. But going Seattle. Yeah, I think I think Arizona has pretty good talent defensively. They they're very innovative in that they use guys kind of in a positionless way. You know, with the Hassan Reddick playing inside linebacker. Um, you know the Buddha Bakers and the and the Tyron Matthews all around the secondary. I really like their approach. They lost Calais Campbell, so that's a that's a tough lose for them. Um, but they have Chandler Jones, who's a good rusher. Uh, offensive line's really a concern for them, and with Carson Palmer, uh, you know it, you know he can play some pretty good games. If you watch, you know how Arizona walked into Seattle there at the end of the season and gave them a game, and um, you know so you you can you can see the, you know the. Uh, their running back um, Johnson, he's he's quite good at both in the passing game and the run game. So I think it's going to be closer than it was last season. But um, Seattle is a team I think that does a lot of things really. I think it does a lot of things really well, um, even to the degree that you know they're a very pragmatic organization. You know, thinking about trading one of the best defensive players they've ever had, um, you know, for the right price, I think just shows kind of. Uh, their their willingness to do what it takes to build the best and most optimal roster. So I'm I'm actually a pretty big fan of Seattle. And I think that they'll take that division. Yeah, it's a little uh, Bill Belichickian strategy there. But uh, what sell high, buy low? Is yeah. that how that works? Yeah, yeah I mean, Carroll, Carroll's one of the few coaches that's really taken kind of you know he had the rah rah style uh, you know and much like Belichick, he failed the first couple times. He wanted to be a, an NFL coach, but. He took. He, he's kind of taken that that rah rah style um, and made it mendable to the pros. You know, by both being a very you know uplifting guy, but also treating them like adults, right? Not being afraid to trade Percy Harvin uh, if it doesn't work out. You know, like a year into his contract with them. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things I think show a level of pragmatism uh, that's necessary to win in a league full of emotion. There's a this is an interesting question for you actually. Did every once in a while there'll be these like kind of I don't know if you want it, like just rumors out of like the Seattle locker room that the team doesn't respect Russell Wilson. Do you buy that at all? Um, I would say I would say that most people in that locker room, if they don't respect Russell Wilson, they it doesn't matter because I mean the guy. So I did this I did this you know calculation of the wins above replacement. Uh, for the last five drafts. And Russell Wilson had the most wins above replacement out of any player that's been drafted in the last five years. And so, you know, obviously a lot of that's because he's a quarterback, but a lot of that's just because he's pretty damn good, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I think to some degree you can kind of, there are probably people that roll their eyes at him, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, when you watch him, you know, how he played against the Vikings in the cold, you know, dropping a snap, evading Captain Monerland, throwing the ball, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, he's just, I mean, he, he digs out a Seattle team that's increasingly taken resources away from their offensive line. I mean, their receivers were Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse for four years. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, and he, you know, their tight end wasn't really good until they got Jimmy Graham. All those kinds of things. Last year, they didn't really have a running back. And, and it just in and, out, in and out of the playoffs you know every single year it's in the playoffs it's, you can you can mark it so um, if there are people that you know I, I, I would say there are probably some people who find him annoying but they're not going to say anything obviously yeah 
At the end of the day, if you win games, you win games. Yep, you can't argue that. All right, well, that's going to do it for our uh, little preview of, uh, of NFL. I mean, you can just go ahead and take those all to the bank. Um, thanks a lot, Eric, for coming on. Uh, definitely go and check out his stuff on Pro Football Focus. Uh, anything else you want to – any last-minute uh, hot takes you got for the NFL season coming up? Uh, I mean, I think – uh, like I said, uh, you know, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be one of the worst teams that we've seen in quite some time. I think they're, they're, they're sliding under the radar uh, because of how inept the, the Jets and the uh, you know the Forty ers were trending last season, and kind of what the Browns are, are doing. But uh, you know, if you if you're if you're looking for a, a good bet, I would say the Bills are probably a good one uh, for the under. Other than that, you know, we're we're we're, we're putting up you know some content on pro football focus. So if you want ProFootballFocus.com, we have a couple of subscription, uh, you know, plans. If, if you're, if you're interested in that, um, one of my colleagues and I are going to be doing a spread pick to a week. Um, and then we're also going to be, um, just kind of giving analytical insights here and there. So, um, if you guys are interested in that, um, if you want to follow me on, on Twitter, it's uh, PFF underscore Eric eager. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right, thanks to Eric for that interview. Definitely go check out his stuff on uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, while we're plugging things, might as well plug ourselves, right? Why not? Head on over to iTunes, subscribe for. to Hammer the Over, leave us a review. Um, everything helps. Uh, I'd like to get some feedback from you guys, see how we're doing, uh, what we can improve on. So uh, Yeah, check us on Twitter, too. You guys can send... Um if you guys want to add input to any of our little bits, yep. uh, like unwritten rules you might have, go ahead. Send it on uh, over to the some ideas for things you guys want us to hit on. Yeah, send it over to the Model 284 Twitter handle, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, and with that, we've just got two last segments. We've got Hammer the Overs over the week. Uh, Evan, you got one this week, so uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, we're uh, this is the last last preseason game, um, so we're gonna hit on that. We're gonna hit Jacksonville and Atlanta. We're taking the actually, I'm sorry, we're gonna hammer the over. We're hammering the over. It's currently set at 38, uh, mm-hmm. which is actually the highest point total of the week, which Love it. is why we're going for it. Exactly. Um, I think Bortles is gonna be starting. Oh, you know, he's yeah. trying to prove his worth, so he's gonna be chucking the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of guys are probably going to be fighting for spots over correcting mm-hmm. on, on deep balls. And I think we're going to see some, some points thrown up. So there's a freebie for you guys. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. My over of the week is the Tulsa and Oklahoma state game currently Ooh. set at 69 and a half. That's uh, this got me in trouble last week with the chasing the, the heavy over, but I, this, I mean, again, there was some, some numbers behind last week's that didn't pan out, but in the last 28 games that Tulsa has played on turf, the the over has hit 21 of, wow. of 28. And in the last seven games Oklahoma State has played on turf, overs hit six, six of seven. Uh, the line started at 74, has crept on down to 69 and a half. So that's get a little uh, yeah reverse action on that line and uh, yeah, you guys do hammer the over. That. I think that's a, that's an easy one to take. Yeah, hammer that over. Oh. And uh, speaking of overs and a little bit of gambling. Also go on over to uh, Model 284 and check out. We're going to have some some season win totals, some ELO ra- uh, rankings for the NFL season coming up. Maybe check out the Chiefs, who uh, our model likes, giving them almost 10 wins, where Vegas has them at 9 right now. So uh, make yourself some money. Check out those, uh, those win totals. Do yourself a favor. Stuff your pockets. Um, with that, we are going to send it on over to our – Sports reporter Tim Ewald with a college football question. Hello, Tim. Yeah. Uh, who you got in the college playoff uh, football or <laughs> college football playoff this year? Four teams making it to the playoffs this year. Tim, go. One second. No. What do you mean? Are you uh, no. are you gaming right now? No. Okay. Thrones again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen it twice too, actually. All right. Four teams. Four teams. Yeah. College football playoffs. Who you got? No Google. Um. Clemson. Again. Favorite. Hmm. Okay. I think I think uh, LSU 
No. Beats out Alabama, takes just undefeated the entire season. Coach O, this is we're talking football. Yeah. You know they've got a new tiger, right? New Mike the Tiger. The other one what, died. The other one died. Yeah, the other one died. What happened to him? I think he just got old. Oh. So you well, still want LSU good. after that? Or LSU po- or poachers? One of the two. Um. Appalachian State. Appalachian State. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. digging. Now we're deep. talking. The upset. The upset pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta have one every t- every year. Yeah, there's then, a lot uh, of those mid majors that make it to the playoffs. And then I think you just gotta go with a little Skyuma. Flack, huh? Okay. Beating them all the way, undefeated season two. All the way. Okay, so you, they're in the Big Ten. We're having three undefeated teams this year. Wow. Wow. And all right. Yeah. So we got uh, Clemson, Clemson, LSU, Appalachian State, and uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Right Sounds down. right to me. All right, thanks for the input, Tim. You're welcome. Talk to you next week. All right, see ya. All right, that was Tim Ewald with his college football picks. Uh, That's it for us on Hammer the Over. Uh, We'll catch you guys next week. Uh, Same time, same place.